Your dad has dementia, and sometimes he gets agitated with your mom. Usually, she can talk him down from these moments, but on this day, your mom calls you and she's frantic. Your dad is throwing things and she's really scared. He's never been like this. So you tell her to call 911, but you never expect what happens next. I'm your host, Valerie Lynn, and in this episode, we're talking about interactions with first responders, their dementia training, or lack of dementia training, and what you can do as a caregiver. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you like today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip. You're listening to our doable tips, short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. Hi, and welcome to the show. I've worked with many families who have shared their interactions with first responders and their loved ones who have dementia. Interactions that did not go well. So we're going to talk about a couple of these interactions and what you can do as a caregiver we're also going to highlight some states that are moving in the right direction with their dementia training. Before we get started, let me ask you a quick question. Are you a first responder? Did you get dementia training? Was it mandatory? Do you feel it helped you in your job? Or do you know a first responder? My daughter-in-law is a paramedic and my son is an army veteran and was a military police officer. My hope is that if you're listening, you'll share this episode, familiarize yourself with your local laws, and encourage your friends and family who have a loved one with dementia to do the same. I hope that if you are a first responder or no one and haven't had dementia training, that you'll check out show notes where I'll have a link to free training through the Alzheimer's Association. I have to say that I'm continually surprised when I hear these stories of interactions not going well. I mean, the only reason you call 911 is because you need help. But the sad truth is that even today, we're just not where we should be with dementia training. In fact, when I researched and researched for this episode, every article I read all referenced the same study. And that study was done in 2015. And in 2015, only 10 states had mandatory dementia training for law enforcement. And only one state, one out of 50 for EMTs. And I'll put a link to that study in show notes. At that time, among the leaders in dementia training were Colorado, Florida, Indiana, New Jersey, Oregon. The only state at the time that required dementia training for EMTs was Connecticut. Now, I am happy to say that my daughter-in-law has dementia training, but can you imagine being an EMT, being a paramedic, arriving on scene to someone with dementia who's agitated and not having that specialized dementia training? Since 2015, there are states who have added mandatory training for first responders, but it's still not 50. One of the states that I really love is Massachusetts. And I really like their program because they took a community approach to dementia and 
Part of that were studies that they did, which found that many callers to 911 didn't report that the person needing help had dementia. This is one of my tips for caregivers that we'll get to a little bit later. I'm going to put a link in show notes to Massachusetts community training because I just really love it. And I think it's worth taking a look at, especially if your state doesn't have these laws in place. And now I'm happy to say that Massachusetts does have laws requiring dementia training for first responders. Other states that have added training after 2015 are Arkansas and Ohio, and there are a few others out there as well. On a side note, and I know this episode is focused on first responders, but in that 2015 study, only 23 states had mandated dementia training for nursing home staff. So for those families who've had negative interactions in the skilled nursing environment, this could be why. And I may actually do a separate show on this. I think it's safe to say that we really do have such a long way to go with dementia training. And I think it just reflects how important it is that as a community, as caregivers, that we understand where the system is at. Because even though you have so much on your shoulders as a caregiver, this really is another area that you have to know. And, and you know, honestly, even if dementia training is mandated, it, it could be months before a first responder has an interaction and is able to actually practice, you know, what they've learned. So I, I think it just is the responsibility of everyone to really come together and, and help in these situations. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this with tips for caregivers. Uh, coming up in just a minute. So that family that we talked about at the the beginning of the show, they called 911. And when first responders arrived, they handcuffed her husband, who truly did not understand what was happening. And it wasn't an easy task to get him in handcuffs. And he was then put into the ambulance, further restrained, sedated, and taken to the hospital. Now, It's very difficult to know what you're going to do in any given situation like this. And with aggression, it just heightens the stakes. It's understandable that he was restrained, but unfortunately, sedation, restraints, change in location, like being taken to a hospital, being separated from your caregiver, these are all things that can worsen dementia symptoms and have lasting effects. And this is where my hope is that the dementia training can help first responders maybe get a little creative in terms of how they're handling these really tough situations. Another client of mine shared her story of her husband who left the house. And so she followed him to just go with him on a walk. But unfortunately, she couldn't get him to come back home after that walk. She tried everything. And Finally, she thought to call 911 for some assistance. When the police arrived, the situation quickly escalated. It escalated because the police officer was doing what he was trained to do, but her husband had dementia and he was in his own experience. And this meant he wasn't listening to the officer. And what happened next was the officer telling her husband what would happen if he didn't comply, the wife pleading with the officer 
yelling that her husband has dementia, her husband becoming combative with the officer, the officer putting his hand on his taser, the wife frantically trying to calm her husband and prevent what might happen next. It was an awful experience, and she was in tears when she was reliving it and sharing it with me. Luckily, the officer finally listened to her pleading, and together they were able to calm her husband. So what are you supposed to do (laughs) as the caregiver in these situations? I absolutely think that first responders should have dementia training. But that said, as the caregiver, you know your loved one best. And so here are some tips for how you can help to avoid some of these unfortunate situations. The first thing that I would do is to make a list of questions to ask yourself when your loved one becomes agitated. And I think this is important because the day is going along, everything's working fine, and then all of a sudden you're faced with this agitation, and that's going to make you stressed out. Having this list prepared can just help you to stay calm during the situation. One of the questions that I would ask is, what happened right before your loved one became agitated? And I actually think this is a really great tip for first responders, too, to ask some of these questions. Did they sleep well the night before? Could they be tired? Could they be hungry? Is there pain involved? Maybe they have a recent injury and they might be in pain. Were they watching TV and the news came on and there was something really frightening or disturbing on the news? So knowing what happened immediately before your loved one became agitated can help you figure out what to do next, right? Is it a snack? Is it changing the channel on the TV? Some of those really simple things can help calm them down. And this is really important because let's say there is a medical emergency and it's also in conjunction with some agitation, your ability to calm them down before calling 911, of course, is going to help. The next thing that I would do is to make a list of things that calm your loved one. Is there a favorite song that that he has or she has that when that song comes on or you sing that song, that they're just immediately transported to a happy place? There have been so many studies on music and memory, and this can be a really, really good uh, tool in your toolbox, so to speak. And so making a list of those favorite songs and maybe even having a playlist ready to go on your phone. For those of you that are not technologically inclined, like myself, definitely ask a friend or a family member to help you create this. There are free services such as Spotify out there that you can still have a playlist. And food. Food is another thing that can be a really good calming technique. Is there a favorite food? Does your loved one just get super excited over a donut (laughs) or pie (laughs) or cookies? And having those things on hand can also really help. And then knowing how they feel about first responders. Is your loved one that person that responds to first responders in a positive way? Or is it a negative experience that they've had in the past that might be triggered? And I know this might sound silly, but 
You know how you've gone to a farmer's market or a festival or a block party and the fire department's there and the police are there and they've got their canine units out and they're showing kids the fire truck and it's just this really exciting, positive experience. And of course, they do this for community interaction and involvement. And if your loved one has had that experience in the past, then when you call 911, because you need either assistance with them or with a medical reason, maybe even letting them know, hey, guess what? You won a visit from our local fire department. They're doing community outreach and they're going to come visit us. And so maybe preparing your loved one in that way, if you think that would work and if you think they would respond positively, might be a good technique to prepare them for what can be also traumatic, (laughs) right? Having a fire engine pull up in front of your house. So this is also one of those creative ideas. And then I think the most important tip, and we sort of have mentioned it earlier, is make sure when you call 911 that you let them know, and just be honest, I've worked with families in the past who are kind of embarrassed that their loved one becomes agitated. And I think it's so important to just make sure you let 911 know that your loved one not only has dementia, but that they also are in a bad mood that day, that they may become agitated. And then don't stop there. Let them know those things that calm your loved one. And listen, I'm not going to speak for every EMT or every police officer out there, but I bet if they knew your loved one had a favorite song, that they might have that song playing on their phone when they approach you and your loved one. So I think it's worth a try for sure. And I, and I also know that, you know, that this can be really tough. So I would definitely try to make these lists and come up with these ideas when the mood is calm, right? When, when you're not in the middle of the stressful situation. I also want to point out that there is free dementia training out there for you caregivers as well. I'm going to put a link in show notes to some of my favorites, including Tipa Snow and Dementia Darling. So you definitely want to check those out. Recently, there was a TikTok video that made the news, and I will also put a link to that in show notes. It was a couple on an airplane. The wife had gone to the bathroom, and her husband has dementia. He forgot that she had gone to use the restroom, and he became frightened and started calling out for her. And this drew attention. And as flight attendants and others surrounded him, he became agitated and, of course, felt trapped. This heightened the situation. Finally, she returns from the restroom. And can you imagine that moment coming out of the restroom and seeing all these people out of their seats, all this commotion, and realizing it's your loved one at the center of it? Well, she makes her way to her husband. And this is giving me chills right now, but she starts to sing his favorite song. And the passengers and flight attendants, they all start singing. And her husband smiles and starts singing too. What makes dementia so difficult is that it's personal. Everyone who has this disease is so different And even if you make a list and communicate that list with first responders, and even if first responders have dementia training, and even if that dementia training is mandatory in every state and every county, it doesn't guarantee a smooth experience. So 
maybe the most important tip is to just keep trying. If A doesn't work, try B. And first responders, ask the caregiver for ideas. And then put all ego aside and just sing the song. Today's episode is brought to you by ClearPath Senior Living Solutions. ClearPath helps families find assisted living, memory care, and other resources. Find our contact information in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable.